1: Proverbs 25.11 says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Encouragement and the reason we need to be urgent is coming up next. Hi there and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. But it is the last couple of three verses in that passage that is commanding our attention. We are to be encouraging one another, but we are to do so with an an urgency, a sense of urgency about it. Why? I'm glad you asked. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with some answers on this edition of Truth For Today.
2: Finally, he said, you're being deceived by sin. You see, sin's temptation always shows you the bait and hides the hook. It always shows the bait, but the poor little fish doesn't know it's going to cost him his life if he takes the bait. And sin is that way. Come on, come and get it. You'll like it. It tastes good. It's good. No idea. You won't die. You. It won't hurt. First John one ten says, "If you say that you can sin without any lasting effects from it, you are deceived because it's a perfect tense. If you think you can sin and there will be no remaining effects, you're deceived. You're deceived. You're deceived. Here, just take a little meth." It, it, it won't hurt you. Oh, you can quit it any time. Ten years later, why do you have to have meth? I'm hooked. It, I'm addicted. I gotta have it. Why are you hooked on porn? It was just going to be an innocent, quick little view, but you tasted. Said, "Oh, that, that meets the need of that sin-depraved nature in me. I could always enjoy sin." Because I'm a sinner. And he said, I'm warning you, I'm warning you. We've got to encourage one another because people every week are making up their mind will I serve God or sin? Will I serve God or be deceived? I've got to make up my mind. Now, what are the sources for your encouragement? If you need encouragement, where can you get it? Are you ready? I can't hear you. Do you take notes? I I can't hear you. Here, I don't have time to look at each passage, but the Trinity are all a source of comfort and encouragement. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, he is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our trials that we may comfort others with the comfort he has given. You're qualified to be a comforter if God has ever comforted you. And God the Father does that. God the Son, he's called intercessor. He's called advocate, parakletos, the one called alongside to help. He said to be my helper. He intercedes. He advocates. He is my helper in the throne room of God. His five bleeding wounds appeal for me. Then the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, you're brokenhearted in John 14, that I said I'm going away. Listen to me. I'm going to send you the helper. And when I send the Holy Spirit, he will be an encouraging helper I will put him in you and he will be with you forever and he is an encourager. David said in 1 Samuel 30 at Ziglag when his wives and children had been kidnapped by the enemy and his men wanted to stone him, he said, I will encourage myself in the Lord. Do you know how to do that? The fourth thing, That God's given to us, encourages, are the scriptures. Romans 15, 3 and 4. He gave us the scriptures that we might be encouraged. And there's David. His men are ready to stone him because they lost their wives and their property. How can we solve the problem? Kill David. You still don't have your wife, you still don't have your goods. But when you don't know what to do, stone those that are supposed to be the leaders. Now leaders have had plenty of lip and a lot of opinion from everybody how we should have acted these past 15 months. Thank you for standing, thank you for leading. Anybody can lead when there's no opposition. It's when there's opposition Hard to lead. But David encouraged himself. He used the scriptures. Those Psalms he wrote. He probably began to think you know what? God rescued me from a lion, He rescued me from a bear, and He rescued me from a nine foot six Goliath. I think He could rescue me at zigzag. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And they rescued everything. Nothing was lost. Have you ever encouraged yourself in the Lord? Just to give you a Bible and a quiet room, could you encourage yourself? And I'll see people discouraged. I'll say, how are you doing in your Bible reading? Well, once in a while I do it. But the fanatics about taking vitamins... Oh, you don't miss vitamins. You know, have you taken vitamins? Why, sure. That's the key to my health. Well, what about your spiritual temperature? How about taking in the Word of God called manna, called water, called substance of the soul? You'll start to, you always reflect what you chew on. You start looking like it. And when you're chewing on scripture, it will make you positive about God. There's nothing wrong with God. There's a whole lot wrong with America. Boy, you've gotten so quiet since I've been here last. Because I wouldn't put up with a lot of it. If you can't amen what the preacher's saying, get a preacher that can preach. If you don't believe this, uh, don't. And so many of you have become political experts and you're still ignorant about the Bible. It'd be good if you get full of the Bible. Um, you know, another source of encouragement, I'll read it to you, Second Corinthians. Your brothers and sisters, listen to Paul. Paul's in a bad way. He's in a church that is beating him to a pulp. But he says this in 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 5. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of the Holy Spirit. What does your translation say? Who's Titus? We're talking about an apostle needs encouragement. Can't you send someone better than Titus? And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you. I want to tell you, God packages a lot of his comfort in a saint. You know, I love the fact I grew up in a church that there wasn't over 75 of us. And old-timey church, we have what we call testimony services, and some people every week, we found out which organ in their body was hurting, it was kind of like an organ recital. Uh, you know, they had the same old testimony. But my dad used to tell me, as he said, don't go to church without a verse you want to share. Don't go to church without a verse to share. So, I mean, you may share it in the testimony time, but you were to share it sometime in that meeting. Be sure you get to sharing. And uh, it was wonderful. And believe me, he always went to church with a verse. Did you come with one today? Do you come to church prepared to encourage anyone? Now, I know you need encouragement, but can you encourage? Thank you, Willie. And the rest of you that are sleeping with Rip Van Winkle, uh, so convicted, you can't agree. No, no. Do you have a verse? Not a gripe. A verse. A verse. I seldom have a verse laid on me. I remember I was in a hard place and Brian Fernandez came to me. And I started pastoring this church. Brian was about six or seven years old. So he felt awkward, and he told me, I feel awkward trying to encourage you as the pastor. And I said, I understand, Brian. Brian was in his 30s. He said, but God laid on my heart some verses, and he opened his Bible, and he started reading Psalms to me. Guess what? I was encouraged before he got through. He didn't claim to be a preacher. He didn't claim to be. I just came to read to you what the Bible says. And it encouraged me. I think of his brother, when uh, a dear girl that he married named Robin Dean, out of Alliance Church, about 16 when she started riding her bike. She might have been 15. She didn't have a driver's license. She would ride her bike to Holy Ghost Hall in Pinoa and attend the Bible study. She was a precious young lady and a sincere Christian. Well, Matt Fernandez married her, loved her dearly. And uh, she went in to have her third baby, at Vallejo Kaiser, and in the process, I think toxema or something, set in and infection took her life. But with all the Fernandez family, Annie and her children were all there. I don't know how many blue codes they went through before I'd gotten there. But when we got there, we're waiting. What was going to happen to the baby, little Ruth? What's going to happen to Robin? And Matt's here with his family. They get the final blue coat. She had died. Now he's going to go home and take an infant in his arms plus two other young children. And uh, while we're standing there with all the family, Matt, he said, Pastor, read to me. I said, uh, okay, what do, you, what do you want, Matthew? And I read 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe Jesus died, he shall come again. We will be raised from the dead. We will be transfigured. And I went on down. I read it once, and then Matthew said, read it again. I think I read it twice. And he said, read it again. It's about the third time. He said, Matthew, Matthew, why do you want me to keep reading it? He said, because of verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another With these words. He said, I'm grieving and I need courage because I got to bury my wife instead of go home with her. Can you read it again? My heart's aching. I'll take Ruth home, but I got to leave Robin. And they truly were in love with each other. See, he just said, he believed it. He believed in the coming of Christ as strong as anyone I knew in those days. Read it to me. I'm burying a loved one. And he said, if you read this, if you believe this, you'll have courage at the cemetery. Have you buried any loved ones lately? Have you buried any? I was one scared person when it came to funerals until I came to Christ. And now he lit up the graveyard for me. It's lit up because death isn't the end of the story. We will live again. We will live again. We will live again. Let me close with just four practical things you ought to do if you would like to encourage anyone. If you don't want to encourage them, don't do anything. Just stay in your own private Christianity and let them drown. But if you like to be a part of God's encouragement team, four things. Come near. Number one, come near. And that was the Jewish concept. When there was a grieving widow or whatever, people wanted to stay away. He said, you can't comfort me unless you come near. What did Jesus say in Gethsemane? Be with me and stay awake. You pray. You can't drink the cup. You can't drink the cup, but you can be with me. Come near to Two, come with a word from God. See, I, I'm not a talker. I don't know what to say. Can you crack a Bible? Can you just find out where it says comfort for the grieving? Just read a verse. You're not the comforter. You're just an agent. Okay, so come with a verse. Come with a verse. Uh Three, come because you care. Can you imagine you coming and say, Well I'm just doing this because I heard a message and I guess I'll obey. Oh wow, you would kill it. It's like buying flowers for your anniversary. Whew, got that over with. Come because you care. And then finally, I quote 2 Timothy 4 when Paul said to Timothy, come before winter. Come before winter. Let me read to you what Chuck Swindoll said. Paul's in a cell in Rome. He, he The next appointment is to be beheaded. But he's there. He's been in prison before, but this is his last day. Latrines ran through a subterranean cell. They dug, it was in the earth. Cold, they did not feed prisoners. Uh, He was exposed to the elements because it was open. I've seen a, in Rome, I went looking for the Mamertine uh, prison. And there's a replica there. So he's there, no TV, no heat, uh, no latrine, except uh, like a stream running through the cell, carrying the waste from the prison. And here he says in the chapter, everybody in Asia has departed from me. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I'm all alone, Timothy. And the countdown's on. I need my cloak. I must have left it at the abode of Carpus in Troas. You'll have no trouble spotting it, Timothy. It's an old thing, but it's been my back through many a bitter warm winter. It's been wet with the brine of the great sea, white with the snows of the rugged peaks of Pamphylia, gritty and brown from the dust of the Ignatian way and crimson with my own blood from that awful stoning at Lystria. The cloak is stained and torn. Timothy, but winter's coming and I need the warmth it will bring. Also, I need the books. You remember them? The ones I read under candlelight as we rode out the rough waters of the Aegean and endured the rigors of Macedonia together. Those scrolls that fed my mind with fresh bursts of hope and stimulating ideas. Bring along those books, my friend. I especially need the parchments. Those are my most treasured possessions. Timothy, how I need the comfort of King James or King David's psalms the fortitude from the prophets' pens, the insights and perception from Solomon's Proverbs. Yes, parchments, surely they will help keep my heart warm and my hopes high in this desolate dungeon. But Timothy, I need you. How desperately I need you. Make every effort to come. Come before winter. Come before November's winds strip the leaves from the trees and send them whirling across the fields and swirling through the busy streets above me. Come before the snow begins to fall and covers flat carts and frozen ponds with its icy blanket. Come, my friend. The time of my departure has arrived. Soon the blade will drop and time for me will be no more. I cannot bear the thought of midwinter without the warmth of your companionship. Those eyes of understanding, those words only you can bring to get me through this barren and bitter season. O oh, Timothy, Make every effort to come before winter. There's somebody in your life, maybe, that winter has come upon them in the season of their heart. They need you. They desperately need you. They might be grieving. It can be a widow. It could be a prodigal son. It could be a discouraged saint. I'm in a... Uh, I'm taking a class with pastors, it's a Zoom class. You'd be amazed at how much discouragement they fight and live with, discouragement. They don't pastor 10,000 member churches, they pastor little churches, churches 90, 150, and criticism abounds in this season. I remember Paul Usain in a staff meeting one time, we were asking each other, what does it mean to be instant in season and out of season? Basically, it means in good times and bad times, keep doing what you ought to do. And we've been in a bad season. We've been in a non-revival season. I'm longing to see these baptistry waters move. We ought to be baptizing every month. But you and I have got to do the one another's and the evangelism help these brothers try to get us to do. Uh, where's the next generation? You know, I started with an empty building. I think it could be refilled, but maybe refilled with the kind of generation God gave me. They were younger than me, I was 27. Steve was 24. I can't tell you how long Karen was. It would reveal her identity. Uh, We were young. We were young. And through the years, these 48 years, many of us traveled together somewhere on the earth in Christ. It's time for another generation to emerge. It's no time to throw in the towel. We pray for revival. And keep preaching the book, keep loving people, and taking this. There's hope at Valley because we got a Savior. He can set you free.
1: And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth for Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.